0: In Tony's message this morning, he, in his communion meditation, he did something wonderful. He pointed out that we are children of God bought with a price. And I'm going to build on that with this, this uh, message and talk about since we're children of God and part of the family, what's expected of us? Why? Why, why are we here? Is it just to live until we die and... Gee, we're going home, and that's all wonderful and great. Is that our purpose? No. He's left us some things to do. It's like when Dad used to leave us kids home alone. He always gave us enough to do to keep us busy so we didn't get in trouble. So when Jesus went home, he left us some things to do, and we're going to talk about that. In Romans, that was read for us this morning, we talk about the spirit of him that raised us up that raised up from the dead dwells in you he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you notice we're talking about the spirit dwells in us the holy spirit jesus when he went away left us a comforter in verse 12 and 13 it talks about we're not slaves to the flesh any longer we've been freed Think about when Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. We're freed from the bondage of sin. We don't have to worry about this flesh. We don't have to worry about this world. Of course we do. We get caught up in it, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And in the next verse it goes on to talk about We've been adopted into the family of God. What if someone came from England today and had a discussion with you and said, We found there's royalty in your family, and you're the last surviving heir of that family, and you've just inherited a huge fortune, and you're going to rule over this area in England. Wow, what a shock. Would you be thrilled? all of that money, all of that power, all of that, gee, the prestige. I'm someone now. I'm royalty. You know, we're kind of impressed, even though we're Americans and we're independent, we're kind of impressed by the royal families. You're part of the most important royal family there ever was or ever will be. You're an adopted child of God. That. That's such an amazing thing. Stop to think about. Jesus led the way. He died on that cross. He rose up. He shed his blood to pay for my sins. And then he said, you're my brother. You're my sister. And if I'm going home, so are you. What a gift. What a wonderful, wonderful gift. Better than any money you could have. Better than any royal lineage from this earth. You're part of God's family. And you know, we're not alone. He didn't say, well, I've gone home and I'll see you in a few millennia. We're adopted in and the Holy Spirit that we receive when we're baptized dwells in us. He didn't leave us alone and say, you're on your own, I'll see ya. He said, I'm gonna leave you a comforter. I'm gonna leave my spirit to strengthen you. Think about that, you ever feel alone? Ever feel a little down, things aren't going right? God's spirit's in you to strengthen you. I'm gonna tell you a little story as is my habit. If you know me, you know I like to tell stories. Brother Elvin Peabody was a retired minister down in North Carolina, and he was getting up in years, and he had, you know, pretty much set aside the mantle of being the speaker and and uh, caring for a congregation. And he'd taken up gardening. He loved the garden. You could find him in his garden just about any time, hoeing and weeding. It set his spirit at peace. But from time to time, some family that he had known would call on him to either perform a wedding or, in this case, a funeral. Now, if you've ever been to North Carolina, you know none of the roads go straight or go where they should. It's quite easy to get lost, so you always leave early. Well, Brother Alvin was out in his garden, and he was hoeing that morning, and he was really into it, and he lost track of time. Pretty soon, his wife was yelling at him from the house, Alvin, you're going to be late. The funeral's today. Oh, oh He knew he was in trouble. He knew he was late. And sure enough, been a while since he'd been over past Possum Trot to Dark Gap, and he got lost. Made the situation even worse. And when he showed up, I finally found the cemetery. Not a car there. Way back in the back of the cemetery, there was two gentlemen shoveling dirt in a hole, and he said, oh, no, what have I done? He said, well, the least I can do is I'm here. I'll read some scripture over him. So he walked back and opened his Bible and read a little bit of the Psalms and bowed his head and prayed and nodded his head to the gentlemen standing there leaning on their shovels and turned and went and back, got his car. And one of those gentlemen scratched his head and looked at the other and said, that's the first time I've ever heard anybody read scripture and pray over a septic tank. <laughs> well, Brother Alvin was either way too early or way too late or in the wrong place. But the important part of the story is he missed the chance to witness when people needed him. Today, we're talking about witness. If I can get this thing to work, we will be. The witness that we have is important. You know, we get thinking that as common people, we don't have much of a influence, much of a, a way to witness, a power. I think the excuse is, the one I use is, well, I'm not very good at it. You know, I, I don't know as I really know what to say to people. I, I'm, not, I'm not the speaker that can, can tell them what they need to hear or I'm not sure I know enough to witness. <laughs> We've all got our excuses, don't we? You know what? We witness whether we like it or not. People know that we're Christians, and that's a good thing. We witness by the life we live, even if the words won't come out of our mouth. We witness by the love that we show to each other and to the world. And I'd like to give you some real, common, everyday examples of people that witnessed. There's two good old boys down in Indiana. They're subcontractors. They're carpenters, and they help other people build houses. They're in their 30s and early 40s, and they're good friends, and they go to church together. Their wives are best friends. They got families, and they're happy being carpenters, but they each have the love of singing, as our brother does down here, and they each have the gift of music. And they worked together day after day, and they got so on their breaks and lunch hours, they were singing together a cappella. They were singing gospel music, good old-fashioned gospel. And the people around them started noticing, and one of them suggested, why don't you videotape some of this? Just put it out on the web. So they did, didn't think much about it, and then they videotaped another one. And another one, today they're known as the singing contractors. They've had 100 million hits on the web, listening to them witness just good old boys from Indiana. And by the way, when Mike Pence was governor, they sang for him at his request. They've just released their first album and CD, on the Gaither label. Just good old boys. It's amazing what God can do with a life when we let him. If we start out to witness, that spirit that indwells us will help. That's his promise to us. It'll strengthen us. More recently, I found some good news on the TV. <laughs> That's a rarity nowadays. Channel 8 was talking about a lady who had strapped on snowshoes during the polar vortex and the 50 mile an hour winds. She happened to be a hospice nurse, and she bucked those winds in that cold for a half a mile to get to a patient that needed her. That family gave her a nickname an angel on snowshoes. Just a common person. Just a Christian willing to show their love. What can we do if we get out of our comfort zone? What can we do to influence somebody and show them the love of Christ? I don't know. But it's sure worth a try, isn't it? In John 14, Verse 16 and 17 says this, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Doesn't have to be my courage because I don't have much. Doesn't have to be my strength because I'm pretty weak. But the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is there. He will strengthen us. That's a promise. Get the first word out of your mouth, and the rest may come naturally. Take courage. We're not alone. In Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through 20, it says this. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world." You know, if I go down to the car dealer, I can order a new car if I had enough money, with any option that they offer. I can dress it up the way I want. I can put leather seats in it, and they call that options. It's optional if I get them leather seats or not. The Great Commission is not optional. It was a command. Get this, our older brother Jesus, our Father, gave us a command. Something to do, not an option, a command. Go ye therefore, teaching them and baptizing them. You can't baptize them and you can't win them for the Lord until you teach them. And how do we teach them? By witnessing. You've got to get that relationship. You've got to let them know what you believe before people will be open to accepting Jesus Christ. You now hold in your lives the most precious gift there can ever be, eternal life for someone that needs to hear it. You may be the only one that can reach that person. You may be the only one sitting here that knows them. If we don't speak, who will? If we don't witness, who will? If we don't tell people that Jesus Christ loves them and wants them as part of his family, who will? You know, we've got an awesome responsibility along with that awesome gift. And I know that this congregation is good at showing love. People that walk in that door know that we love and care for each other and for them. Show that love to the world. We've got to get out of our comfort zone a little bit if we're going to fill these pews and fill God's kingdom. Comfort zone's an easy place to be. I can sit in that recliner just as well as anybody. I like it rocked back when the Mecom auto auctions are on so I can not miss anything. Comfort zone's a nice place to be, but not a very productive one. If we're going to reach people for Christ, we've got to get the fire lit. Reach someone. Someone needs to know. Well, you won't burn the roast today. (laughs) I don't have a lot to say, but I hope it was enough that you've been encouraged. Jesus loves us all. So as you go from here today, when we get to that point, think about who you'd like to share that love with. We're... So very, very fortunate to have been obedient and been baptized into Christ, into his love, and into the gift of the Holy Spirit. If there's someone here this morning that needs that gift and is is moved to accept Jesus, please come forward as we close the service and as we sing the invitation hymn that you might find that joy that we know. And if you've got another decision to make, if you're a baptized believer and wanna join this congregation, we'd love to have you come forward and talk to us about that. And if you just want more information or you wanna talk to somebody about Christ, see one of the elders talk to us, we'd be be really, really glad to visit with you and to study with you. So if we can, have our invitation hymn, we'll sing that now, and we'll uh, go out into the world where we're supposed to be to share.